Summer is upon us, and whatever you have going on, a vacation, a staycation, a summer wedding, well, Macy's has you covered. If you need summer dresses, matching sets, volume sleeve tops, wedges, straw-crafted bags, I mean, really, they have what you need head to toe. I'm talking Levi's, Dolce Vita, Lacoste, and more. So shop summer must-haves at Macy's. Go to Macy's.com slash style. Again, that's Macy's.com slash own your style. All summer, the best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, They have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Something I for sure love having in my home is super clean countertops. And I love when it smells good too. So you can bring the vacation vibes to your home with coconut scented Clorox Sentiva. It smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy with a refreshing scent that'll transform your space into a tropical island retreat and give you a powerful clean. No plane ticket required. Unleash your self-expression with the enchanting coconut fragrance of Clorox Sentiva. You can get yours at a nearby retail store, also available in grapefruit or lavender scents. Life ain't always pretty, but hey, it's pretty beautiful, thing. Laugh a little more, thing. Tight, tighten up your core, thing. Said EK, you're kicking it with four things. With Amy Brown. Happy Thursday, four things. Amy here. And almost two weeks ago, on April 1st, it had officially been two years since my dad passed away. So I've been thinking a lot during this time. I think it's natural when anniversaries come up, you start reflecting on what happened because it was also unexpected. Because if you had told me the day before everything changed with him that he was only going to have days to live, I would have had a hard time believing it because I had just moved him into my house and I thought he was going to live with us for at least a few years, maybe more. I mean, his health had declined and He needed me to help him with things and we had to hire a caregiver for him to be at our house like for when we weren't here, I was at work. And I was really excited for this new chapter with him in my home, especially getting more time with the kids. He had to spend a little over a year at an assisted living home and I know he hated it. (laughs) And I knew that my house was gonna be so much better for him. Well, he spent one night with us. Some of you know that it was just, yep, one night. He had a bad fall on day two that led to me calling 911 and an ambulance came and took him away. And I couldn't go with him because of COVID, but I honestly thought I would be picking them up at the hospital later and he'd be totally fine. I remember telling him, I guess the paramedics were loading him up like, hey, I'll see you later on. Love you. He said the same thing back to me and they closed the door and they drove away. Well, we never talked again. 
he ended up on life support. And then we had to make the difficult decision to remove him. Doctors were pretty clear early on. I remember going up there the next day, they let me in and he was all hooked up to tubes. And, you know, I feel bad for doctors that have to deliver this news because sometimes you just don't want to hear it. And you're like, so what are you really saying? And I mean, I'm looking at him totally living off of machines and I'm thinking, okay, so when's he going to wake up? (laughs) And the poor doctor was like, oh yeah, no, I don't, I don't think you understand. You probably need to get any other family members here if they want to say their final goodbyes. So in the next couple of days, my, my siblings flew to Nashville and we did just that. We said our final goodbyes to him all together. And then we spent the next few days in my home as a family cooking food that my dad loved and sipping whiskey and Coke because he loved to do that and listening to music that he loved like George and Willie and Dolly and we were just really intentional about our time together. And my dad wouldn't have had it any other way. In fact, we knew we were making him proud by doing that. Two things Cliff loved, Cliff Moffat. He loved being around people and cooking for people. And I mentioned a minute ago that I thought my dad was going to live with us for a few years, if not more. And while my dad didn't die of COVID, he spent the year leading up to his death in isolation because of COVID. He wasn't able to be around people. He didn't have community. I mean, we we could visit him through a window and did some porch visits, whatnot here and there. And it just wasn't the same at all. I mean, my dad was never good at being alone, which is probably why, why he was married four times. But I'm talking more than just romantic relationships. He just liked being with people, all kinds of people. And his body started to deteriorate because of life circumstances at the time. And it wasn't just COVID. He had had cancer that started in 2018 and a surgery that altered his life. So I'm really talking about that time period of 2018 to 2021 when he passed away. This is when his life started to change and he wasn't really able to do the things he loved because he had a feeding tube and he wasn't able to really cook the food, enjoy the food, taste the food, eat the food. He wasn't really a recipe guy. When he was cooking for people, he wanted to taste test along the way and he, he couldn't do that. So his love for cooking sort of just, I feel like he thinks it was is taken from him. His hand didn't really work quite the same. So anyway, all that to say, it wasn't just the COVID timeframe. It started a little bit before, but he wasn't able to connect. And I'm not even talking like deep connection with people because he wasn't the best at that type of connection, which I'm sure that's a totally different episode in itself. And if he were alive, I wish we could talk about that. But Anyway, it's really just for him was being around people. And then again, good food. That was really all that he needed to to fill up his tank. And that tank got pretty empty in those years. And he just started to shut down. And I share this story to set up the importance of community and connection with others. Because the strength of our social connections, it's just integral to our physical and mental health. And people with weak social connections... I saw a study that was done that said they have 50% greater risk of health problems than those with stronger connections. And I feel like I saw this firsthand with my dad. I also know that I'm not naturally wired like my dad. I think I'm naturally more like my mom, who was (laughs) sort of okay with being alone and alone a lot. It doesn't mean that I have to stay that way. It just means that I have to work a little bit harder than others 
might to make sure that I have community and connection. And that's honestly why more connection is part of my desire statement for this year. I came up with it earlier this year, mentioned it in a previous episode. It took me a minute to narrow down exactly what my desire statement was going to be, but more connection is a part of it. And that was very clear to me because I want my social connections to get stronger because the research shows that if they get weaker, then, well, I'm, I'm at risk of becoming lonely and, and isolated. And my mom spent a lot of time alone. I never asked her if she was lonely. I wish I, wish I would have. I'm not sure what she would have said, but my gut tells me that maybe she was and that one of her regrets may have been that she wishes she would have done more, you know, connected more, maybe even gone on some dates or just socially done more, maybe opened up more with her friends. Strong social connections are thought to enhance health by buffering the negative effects of stress as well and promoting healthier behaviors. And we likely all know that good stress management means less feelings of anxiety, but that also means less inflammation, which means less getting sick and disease. I actually had a chat recently with Dr. Mark Hyman about connection with others and being intentional about community and managing stress. So I'm going to play some of that for you now. So Dr. Hyman, is it safe to say that connection with others is like like food for the soul? It's so true. You know, one of the things we don't think about as med- medicine is community. We talk about food as medicine, exercise as medicine, sleep as medicine. But the truth is that community is medicine. And in the areas where people live the longest, one of the central features is their sense of community, connection, belonging. So we all have a longing to belong and need to belong. We're all social creatures. So building your network of community of friends and family and really building that at the front of your life is so important. And, and when everything else it kind of is taken into account, having that is, is one of the most powerful levers for longevity and health. Low stress is also good for longevity and health, which connection and community help with the negative effects of stress. And I know you're big on stress management. So what are some other ways we can deal with it? You know, a lot of us are constantly inundated with all the stress of life, family, work, social media, technology. It's just the news. I mean, it's just a constant flood of things that are designed to knock us off course. So you have to learn how to manage stress and to learn how to regulate it in your body. It's a physiological thing. So it doesn't matter whether you're being chased by a tiger or you read, hear some bad on the news, the body has the same response and that creates rapid aging. So you need to learn techniques to reset it. And you can do meditation, yoga, breath work, um, massage. You can also use various techniques for example, like hot and cold therapy is a great way to discharge stress. So saunas and cold plunges, exercise, another great stress reliever. So all that's really to say that we have to learn the techniques that we can do on a regular basis to reset our nervous systems and to go into this calm, parasympathetic relaxation state that's so healing for us. Yeah, I personally love doing cryotherapy, but what do you recommend for someone that doesn't have access to that or a cold plunge? I think, I, I think, you know, the easiest thing for people to do is a cold shower for two minutes in the morning. It's a little jolting, but it, it could be very powerful. And, and if you want to do immersion therapy, if you have a bathtub, you can just fill with cold water, uh, better than the northern climates. If it's, if you live in a warm climate, it may not be getting as cold. You might need to put ice in it, but, the, or you can buy a, a cold plunge. It's, I think one of the best investments for a long-term health is a hot sauna and a cold plunge, honestly. Okay, so maybe you just heard Dr. Hyman's recommendation to take a cold shower and you're like, no way, 
not ready for that. So maybe the challenge here for you is to be intentional about making time for connection and community. The Hope Line actually had up a post and they were sharing four things, coincidentally, that we can do for more intentional relationships. First thing, plan quality time. Planning quality time and making sure to honor our engagements is a great way to practice intentionality. Whether it's setting a reminder in our phones to call our family and friends or putting, you know, something on the calendar to hang out, small steps like these make a big difference when it comes to building emotional intimacy over time, which I've mentioned multiple times this year. I'm pretty sure how with some of my girlfriends, we've got scheduled hangs that are booked months out. And we kind of have been intentional about, hey, we may hang out in between this. That's great. But four times a year, we for sure have it locked in on our calendar. Quarterly hangs. So it sometimes feels weird to plan something like that out. But when you know that you have the flexibility and freedom to also see them other times, then it doesn't seem so weird. It's just that you're trying to lock it in to make sure that it happens. And that's something new that we actually just started late last year. And We've been pretty good at it. Second thing, focus. Focus doesn't always come naturally, especially when life gets busy. It is important that when we are spending time with our friends or significant other, that we really focus on them and what they are saying and we're not being distracted, which that one I definitely need to work on. Third thing, ask questions. It's easy to take people that we care about for granted Once we get used to spending time together, we fall into an easy rhythm. And that rhythm can be pleasant, but it can also keep us from getting closer to one another. Asking questions is a great way to make a deliberate effort to connect with family and friends. See how life, work, school are going. Ask about their latest interests or hobbies. You know, you could even get one of those conversation starter games that we've talked about multiple times. Concrete Connections is the name of one. The Friendship Deck is another one. There's tons out there for couples and families and relationships. Uh, You can just Google it and find one that you like. Fourth thing, unplug. While technology can help us in our relationships, there's no end to the distractions our phones and computers put in front of us every day. Unplugging from our devices or at least putting them on silent is a great way to be more present when we're with people that we care about. So there you go. Those are the four things. Plan quality time, focus, ask questions, unplug, which I'm going to be working on these things for myself so that I can better connect with my people. And I also want to be intentional about connecting with you, the listeners. That's why I enjoy listener Q&A sessions that are led by you, the listener. And I was originally airing these on Sundays, but I may start making them a part of Thursday episodes. So I'm going to test that out right here. I recorded a Q&A with a listener named Crystal, and we will get into that after the break. All right, so a lot of us are guilty of doing that whole last-minute shopping thing when it comes to holidays, like Mother's Day. You might be in that position right now, and that makes it challenging to find a great gift for mom, but don't worry. Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. So whether the mom in your life is a fashionista or maybe even a photographer or a fanatic about yoga, Macy's Gift Finder has got so many great gift ideas to make her feel special. Now Mother's Day, 
is May 12th. So make sure you make note of that. Don't have much time. That's okay. Macy's has got you covered. And you can shop by price, $25 and under or $100 and under. You can shop by category, fragrances, handbags, and more. Or they've got gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, gifts that are already wrapped and ready to be gifted, or gifts for grandma. Top gifts include Beats headphones, digital photo frame, Polaroid camera. That would be so awesome to receive. Or my personal favorite, man, I would love to get this as a gift, Samsung Smart TV The Frame. Go to Macy's.com slash gift finder. Again, it's pretty easy. Just head on over to Macy's.com slash gift finder for the perfect inspiration for Mother's Day. All right. If you want to look cute and feel comfortable at the same time when you're, you know, at a festival or a concert because it's festival and concert season right now, it's got to be all about the boots. And Tacova's boots is where it's at. That is your stop before attending your next concert. I've loved my Tacovas anytime I wear them or I get a new pair. They feel comfortable on the first wear. I don't have to break them in. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. And all Tacovas boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, which is super cool. They've got timeless styles that are always on trend. And really, you just got to stop by your local Tacova store, try them on for yourself, and see what I'm talking about. You can have a complimentary drink while you're there, shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized, which I love. And they've got regular live music and events. There's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And we need your help getting that number to 100%. And most important, your support means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. That peace of mind means so, so much for these families. So join me in helping St. Jude in this fight. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. Okay, our listener Q&A today is being led by Crystal, who is coming to us from Indiana. But Crystal, I'll let you introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. I'm Crystal. And like Amy said, I'm from Indiana. And I guess just a little bit about myself. I've been married for a little over two years now. And we have, as with my I have a cute Rottweiler named Ruger. And I just recently, last year, quit my full-time job to start my own business. So that's been kind of exciting, but, you know, nerve-wracking and stressful. And it's like a digital marketing branding business, but it's been super fun and totally worth it. And I have my husband to thank for that, for giving me the courage. Well, you know, Kat and I say trying is cool. So definitely high five to your husband for encouraging you to do that. And I love that you have a Rottweiler. Makes me miss my sweet Josie girl that we had for 10 years. I mean, Roddy's seriously, they're the best. Okay, Crystal, um, let's go ahead and get into the first question. What's something that you just can't seem to like live without right now that maybe you can't like leave your house without and something kind of silly. So not like normal, like your purse or something. I mean, gosh, I have a lot of things I'm obsessed with. I mean, some that I could just rattle off the top of my head right now would be my glow cube, which I've talked about multiple times. It's just so refreshing on my face. 
Uh, my eye patches, also refreshing. Uh, Nugo dark chocolate pretzel protein bars. I just ordered a 24 pack of those. That's how much I love them right now. And uh, let's see. I'm also living in this pullover. I found it on Amazon. It's like an aloe or Lululemon knockoff of sorts, I guess. It's like half the price or maybe even more than half the price of those. And anyway, it's amazing. I got it in black, but I think I'm going to have to order more colors, which I can link it on my Amazon favorites so that people can find it easily, which actually I'll just make sure that anything that I'm saying is up there and linked because sometimes people have a hard time figuring out if it's really the right item because they don't know for sure if it's my page. And the easiest way to find my favorites is just at radioemmy.com. Yeah. Whenever I go to your Amazon page, that's how I get there because I don't know how to get to people's Amazon page without doing something like that. Hey, you and me both. <laughs> so do you have any advice for anyone that's trying to find like the motivation or the courage to add something to their current routine, whether it's like practicing gratitude or like moving your body or even a simple or even something like a cleaning schedule or something like that, you know, so just adding anything to your daily routine. I think just starting small and doing it one day and then to take this from Mel Robbins, she's all about high-fiving yourself in the mirror. And so yeah. if you're trying to build a new habit, which she actually has put up some great podcasts and I've listened to all of them and they're very, very helpful. So first I would recommend go listen to those because she gives the science behind why she's suggesting to do it the way that she she does and it's you know put out a trigger like if you're wanting to practice gratitude leave your journal by your bedside or wherever you end up wanting to write so that you see that that's the trigger and then it's the action of doing it take time to do the journaling and then like within two minutes of when you complete whatever it is that you're trying to do reward yourself in some way. And that could be mm -hmm. a high five in the mirror, or it could be, okay, I don't get my coffee drink until I get done with my journaling. And so then you start to wire your brain to then do the habit. So that's one piece of advice that I have with that. But it just depends on what the goal is. If it's something that seems super overwhelming to you, then yeah, start small. If journaling is overwhelming to you, because it was for me, then if you do four things gratitude, just write down one or two words for each thing. Don't stress yourself out by having to write paragraphs and paragraphs of all the things that you're grateful for. And then you'd be surprised the more you start to journal, the more you start to write, the easier it gets. And then you find yourself writing paragraphs. Yeah, I guess I think for me, something that helps is like checking stuff off of a list. That makes me feel really good. But I like the like the rewarding yourself thing. Because I mean, for me, checking that off list is kind of that. But sometimes I get in the routine of just like, okay, it's done. So that's a that's a good a good way to go about it too. I like that. Yeah. Okay. So another one that I have that's a little bit more I don't know serious or deeper <laughs> is how do you go about like educating someone on things such as eating disorders or disordered eating or unhealthy relationship with food, like or your body, things like that. It's to help them understand that things they might be doing could be triggering others. And like, like, does it depend on the person? Like maybe, okay, if it's your good friend, you can say something, but if it's, you know, a stranger, don't. And does 
part of that, this is kind of two parts, I guess. Does part of it have to do with, like, I know Kat said on a fifth thing not that long ago when she was talking about Taylor Swift's music video, she said that it's our job to learn how to cope with triggers and things that we don't like, but like that and that we don't like and hurt us. It's not our job to like fix those people and fix what they're saying. So I guess where's the line there on going to like out of your way or maybe not even out of your way to like mention to someone, you know, what they said or did. It definitely, definitely depends on the person. So if it's a family member or friend and you want to have an open, honest conversation about, hey, you know, this type of comment, it bothers me. But then again, if it's your trigger, Kat is 100% correct. It is your thing to work on how you respond. You are the only one in control of that. So you can recognize your feelings around it, recognize what was said. Then you can allow yourself to be with those feelings. Don't numb them out or push them down. And then ask yourself, okay, why did that bother me so much? Why did that make me feel this way? So you're sort of doing a little research project on what that is. And this is to get to the bottom of the the trigger. And then once you can do those three things, then be kind to yourself and nurture yourself. And remember that feelings are temporary. So it may mean that you just have to remove yourself from that situation and hour and an hour might pass and you not, might not be as worked up about it. So I think if you can calmly say something in the moment, if it's someone that you're close to, you can just either, I don't know what the comment is because this is all hypothetical, but it could either be like, hey, that, well, that wasn't cool to say, or I'm trying not to talk to myself that way. And it, it would be helpful if we didn't speak that way. But that's for their, that's their work. You can't control what they end up doing. Yeah. But I think it is okay to kindly share that like, hey, we don't, maybe we shouldn't comment on people's bodies yeah. or maybe we shouldn't comment about what people are eating and then do the work on yourself to know where that trigger is coming from and then what you can do to get out of it. Because there's honestly going to be times where you're not close to the person and you can't say anything. And mm-hmm. you need to do the internal work to not explode on some stranger that just said something if you're triggered or go off on someone. And so that would be my advice. We talk about this sometimes on the Outway podcast as well that's dedicated to this topic. So people could go listen to some of those episodes, but it's really case by case. Yeah. And it really is up to you. You are the only person on the planet in control of your feelings and how you choose to react to something. And so the more that you're aware of that and the more that you're in touch and in tune with your feelings and you can gather practices like breathing or taking a walk or taking a break or journaling to get that some of that stuff out, the yeah. less likely you are to just be so triggered in a way that you just go off on other people. Yeah, I like that. When Kat said that, I, it really it was one of those moments that made me go, whoa, like, I don't know. I just never thought about it that way. And it was really refreshing to hear that because I, I feel like a lot of times people encourage others so much to like speak up and like say something if something made you like uncomfortable or angry or whatever which is great of course but yeah there is like this other slightly other side to things that we do need to work on things ourselves and while yes we can like educate others but I just I really did enjoy that when she said it but I guess a a second question to that so what if there was someone who was like being hard on themselves what advice could you give to someone to like 
encourage them to turn what they're saying around and uh, encourage them instead of having them discourage themselves. Yeah, just say, oh, hey, I heard you just say that about yourself. But like right now, can I just share with you three things that I love about you? And maybe you could try to find three things too that you love about yourself. And that's what you could start saying to yourself. It's more so of an encouragement. People don't want to be told what to do, especially friends. Like they want someone that has compassion for wherever they're coming from. And if they're speaking to themselves in that way, then as their friend, yeah, have compassion. They must be all in their head right now. They're up in their thoughts. They're not feeling great right now. What can I do to encourage them? And I feel like just the first thing that came to my mind is you could just be like, hey, I don't want you to talk to yourself that way, but I get it. That's for you to work through. But right now I'm going to stop and tell you three things that I love about you. And I hope that you will take these in and know that they are so true and that you're awesome or X, Y, Z, whatever they are. And then they'll have that and then say, hey, this is something I'm, if it is something you're working on as well, maybe we could hold each other accountable for how we're talking about ourselves to each other. Our thoughts are so powerful. It's, It's a mindset thing. How we talk to ourselves is crucial. And I'm guilty of speaking negatively negatively to myself for sure. But I've really been trying to flip that script mm-hmm. and make sure I don't allow any of that into my space. I don't want it taking up my brain. And so I want to meet it with the positive comments. I want to counter it. And then back to the high five yourself in the mirror. Say those yeah, three things and high five yourself. Give yourself that reward. And I mean, obviously there's some deeper work that could be done if there's this just true, deep-rooted hatred of self. But I truly believe it can start small. And as a friend, giving three compliments to them could be a way to start. Not compliments about their body, of course, uh, Yeah, (laughs) uh, that might feed into any disordered behaviors that someone may have. But that's just something... I think could be helpful because, you know, change your, change your mind, change your life. But one day at a time, it doesn't have to be this overwhelming of like, oh, I'm changing the way I think about everything and I'm going to be so positive and this totally different person. So maybe if three things about themselves is overwhelming, they start with one, Yeah, whatever it is. But I think as a friend, you can come alongside and try to be encouragement, have compassion, be accountability, but not, hey, you really shouldn't talk to yourself that way. You know, that's more of a command. It's not your job to tell them what to do. Right. I like that because then it's leaving them instead of them saying this negative thing in their mind. And then that's what is left from the conversation. They're left with like you saying something nice and complimenting them and them maybe even saying something that they like about themselves as well. Okay, really quick. I have a quote from the Unshakable Hope. Max Licato book that I want to read really fast. (laughs) It's from chapter five, your prayers have power. Will God do what you ask? Perhaps, or perhaps he will do more than you imagine. He knows what is best. Stand firmly on this promise. When a believing person prays, great things happen, which is James 5.16. You are never without hope because you are never without prayer. Prayer is not the last resort. It's the first step. God has power you've never seen and strength you've never known. So I just want to share that because it really encouraged me when I read it. So I hope it encourages at least one person today. Oh, I'm sure it will. Thank you for that encouragement and for leading this Q&A. And, you know, Crystal, I was just looking up your website. So before you go, I definitely want to mention that I love that your new branding company's name has connections in it. 
It's Creative Digital Connections. So obviously we're all about connections here. So we wish you nothing but the best of luck with that. And I think it's really awesome that you have such a supportive husband. And I know you're going to do do big things. You just got to get out there and, and try and take the leap. And you've done just that. So keep going and it's going to be worth it. Thank you. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. All summer, the best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And we need your help getting that number to 100%. And most important, your support means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. That peace of mind means so, so much for these families. So join me in helping St. Jude in this fight. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. All right, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can really make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through things. Now, BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp.com. 